AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Our host brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success, and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldus.com forward slash podcast, or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Martin Ackerman. Martin is the CTO and co-founder at Avisagenics. Martin, welcome to the show. Hello, John. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Our pleasure. Martin, let's start with uh, a brief background of yourself, how you first got involved in technology. Talk us through some of the roles you've held along the way, leading into uh, your current role here as the co-founder and CTO at Visigenics. You know, the question about how you get involved in technology depends how much path we want me to go, because I think every scientist uh, discovered that when we were really young, because we you know, got just attracted to science and nature and technology and wires and whatnot. Um, so I'm from Argentina, that's the accent, that's where it's from, and from Patagonia. But I moved to Israel, I'm also Jewish, so I moved to Israel to go to school there and I studied in Technion University. So that's where I really started getting into technology in a more serious way. So I studied biology and at some point um, I discovered this, um, idea of bioinformatics, which is the application of uh, computer science to resolve biological, uh, biological questions. So what really, really uh, fascinated me at that point was the release of the first copy of the human genome. So I, I, thought, I saw that all the DNA encoded in a human being and all the things that you can explore, all the questions that you can ask, uh, everything that potentially you could find in that genome. So that's how I got into bioinformatics, which is the combination of biology and computer science. Excellent. So then talk us through your, your transition um, from academia to industry. Um, what was your experience like transitioning? Um, what you learned along the way? And, and it will give us some insight into to what guidance or advice you may have for others looking to make that transition. Yeah, I, I made a transition based on a technical problem. I thought that the problem that I wanted to solve, the, the scientific question that I wanted to answer, what I wanted to do would be better put to practice in a company rather in an academic lab because I wanted to develop software that would assist in uh, developing drugs. And I wanted to be able to uh, perfect and, and develop this software into a platform. So to really tackle real world problems as uh, drug discovery in the field of cancer, for example. So I made that decision based on scientific motivation. And when I actually started, you know, uh, being an entrepreneur, I discovered all the um, hustle of, of doing that in, in, in you know, in, in reality. And it's been a learning experience. It's been seven years since uh, we started in Misogenics. And we, I, I would say we never stopped learning. But, um, you know, I, I think the first few years were particularly challenging and, and also fascinating because, you know, learning is always like fresh and, and it's always exciting. So when you transition from academia to industry, you got to reset yourself a little bit and, you know, 
open up to learning new things. You mentioned briefly there how it was identifying a problem that needed to be solved. So can you talk us through the origins of Visagenics? What, what sparked the idea and at what point did you decide, okay, I'm going to launch this myself? And then for, for people listening who are not familiar with who Invisigenics are, talk to us about the mission. Who, what are you guys trying to accomplish? Yeah, the mission of Invisigenics is to use machine learning and data analysis for to the discovery of therapeutic targets using one particular type of data that it's called transcriptomics or RNA-seq data. Uh, it's a little bit like genomics, whereas genomics is uh, the, the whole universe of genes. Transcriptomics is the whole universe of RNA molecules. So we are RNA experts applying machine learning to RNA, uh, you know, big data sets of RNA. So before Ambisogenics, I was a postdoctoral fellow at Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory, and I was working with Professor Adrian Craner. Uh, his lab was focused around you know, RNA. It was really like the biochemistry and drug discovery lab, uh, not really an AI or computational lab. But in that lab, I was sort of like the computational person. And my job there was to create algorithms to you know, perfection this uh, process of analyzing the transcriptomic data and finding like interesting targets or, or understanding biology of the, of the RNA. So during my post there, something happened. We're working on a, on a, on a project. It was uh, one of the very many you know, interesting projects at the lab. Uh, it was to develop a therapeutic for a disease called spinal muscular atrophy, which is a pretty tough disease because all the patients are children and it's a progressive paralysis kind of disease. So it's really, it's really sad uh, all in all. So what happened is that um, this particular project started advancing very quickly. And, you know, in 2014, the therapeutic that the lab developed was in the clinical trials and it was having uh, great success. And that's around the time that we started Misogenics. And I gotta tell you what, you know, touched me in particular was at some point we started getting letters and uh, presents from the children for, uh, that participated in the clinical trials and the families of the uh, Spinal Muscular Atrophy Foundation. And, you know, they will send goodies for Christmas every year, but this was a different Christmas because now the, the kids were being able to write letters, craft, and, and you know, write thank you letters to Adrian. Um, who was incredible. Uh, so, yeah, so basically, you know, it's, a, it's a, such a humbling experience and, and, and you got you to gotta believe that you can do it again. And, and, it's, and we said, okay, well, I, I want to build a software platform that can automatize this process and apply the same rules but now to cure other diseases. And that's how it all started. Wow, what, what an origin story. That's amazing. That's got to be uh, such a good feeling to see the, the impact of, of the, the idea come to fruition in, in such a great way. So staying on the point of, of the origins of the business and now how you guys are looking to, to impact other, other drugs, other illnesses to cure other diseases, can you talk to us about what the journey has been like and, and give us a... Uh, some insight into what it's like now from from where you started uh, you know this technology um, I wanted to do something with it obviously I had no idea uh, about business or anything like it so I team up with my co-founder Maria Pineda who is the CEO of the company and she had uh, you know experience working with venture capitalists so she knew more about the business world that I did so we started off together 
uh, as co-founder. So the first thing that we did was to try to get some funding and the, the, the way that worked for us first was grants. So we applied for some uh, non-dilutive funding from NIH. Those are the so-called SBIR grants, Small Business Innovation Research Grants. So we got one of them. That allowed us to hire our first employee and kind of like have our first physical office separated from university. So we spun out of Colston Harbor, became separated entity. And, and, and we started that way then. We started working with uh, pharmaceutical companies, doing a little bit of revenue here and there. At some point, we managed to raise a uh, seed fund and that allowed us to sort of like scale the company together with a few more grants to something like 10 or 12 employees. And in 2019, and a little fast forward, something dramatic happened is we opened our wet lab facility. So now we're not just computer guys, we're computer guys with a laboratory. So we are set to validate all the predictions that we make with our software because the proof is in the pudding, right? So if you have a software that says, I can discover new targets, prove it. And that's what we did. So we opened the lab, we started a program in-house to, uh, to discover a new therapeutic for triple negative breast cancer, which is a, a extremely little form of, of breast cancer. In eight months time, we managed to come up with a new molecule that we also showed it can kill cancer cells with high specificity. And this all is like cell level world work. And now we're doing the, the work with mice. In addition to that, earlier this year, we started a research agreement with Johnson & Johnson for lung, lung cancer research. And we are together building predictive models to understand lung cancer risk. So, you know, one, one step at a time, starting with, you know, de-risking ourselves with a little bit of funding, bringing some investors, proving that the technology works. And then he, here we are, uh, we're, we're still a growing company. Uh, we're about maybe 15 employees and we have some people working outside of, of you know, of the country as well. So it's maybe a little larger, but um, yeah, I'd say that's pretty much the story. So that's an amazing leap to go from, you know, software tech focus on healthcare to open your own wet lab. But it, it you know, hearing you explain it and, and, and our previous conversations, it makes absolute sense. And you're already seeing the benefit of doing so to, to make rapid advancement in, in not just software theory, but actual demonstrations. Um, with that, there's obviously been, you know, some, some growth across the business and you mentioned uh, support um, in various areas. Can you give us some insight into the how you build a data science team? How do you go about building it? How you've gone about managing it? And, and what, how you've got the balance of multidisciplinary skills, diversity, and then management in multiple regions? Yes, the, uh, that's one of the most exciting, I don't know, beautiful aspects of a company like ours. That is the diversity that we have in so many levels. So, you know, we have people with a background in data science. We have people with background in engineering, people that work in the wet lab and they, they're like experimental scientists. But then we have business people, operations people, and you know, all these components. And it gives you really the opportunity to learn from each other. And I always you know, consider that learning something new is refreshing. So you know, it keeps it interesting all the time. It also turned out to be that our company is very diverse. Uh, people-wise, like ethnically, so we are an ethnically diverse company. But to be honest, we didn't plan it that way. It just happened 
we, you know, we just prioritize talent, prioritize um, bringing in the, the best talent we could. And what turned out is it's a company that speaks many languages and has all this uh, cultural uh, variation, which is fascinating. That's great to hear, um, particularly how you took an organic approach and it's just been able to form like that. As, as you're on the technology side, the title of CTO, particularly in a startup in a smaller organization, it's a multifaceted position. So what are the main challenges that you've faced as the business has grown? And give us some insight into the, the unique nature of the challenges given the space you're operating in. Yeah, I think the challenge is pretty much the same challenge with different shapes, which is the art of convincing people, convincing your team to follow your vision, convincing investors to give you money, convincing partners or um, collaborators to work together and whatnot. So it's because you, are in, you have a, a vision and you have an idea and you want to innovate and you want to do things different. So there's a whole lot of people that are going to think this doesn't make sense or it is too risky. So um, navigating that constantly is, is the, the biggest challenge, I believe. As, you, as your team evolves and it's grown, you obviously brought in various skill set to, to get the balance right. Um, how much of your time now is spent getting the best out of the various teams comparative to staying on top of the, the most up-to-date technology? No, yes, it's, it's much better now. I, I, I feel that I can focus and I don't have to wear that many hats, uh, which is good for, a, for change. Um, because sometimes wearing many hats means you're not going to be really good at anything else. You know? So there's doing so many things at the same time, you can't focus. You're not in your comfort area, you're, you're all over the place. So it, like wearing many hats works at the beginning and, and every, every entrepreneur has to go through that. But when the team works, grows and and you create your team culture and kind of like find the, the you know how is it to work at, at Genix, how do we communicate with each other how do we work together what teamwork means for us it starts a whole different era and and yeah in, in one head it's easier because you get more time to focus but also the challenge there is what it's you know to delegate right as a co-founder, when you, you hire you know, people to your company, you delegate part of your work to them. And it's a learning curve for, for, um, for a manager to learn to delegate, but it's very important and you have to do it. So basically, it's important to trust your team and let them do what you brought them for. And once you learn how to delegate, you learn your life becomes much um, less stressful. It's good to hear. It's, it's certainly a, a skill that, that people have to work on at all times is handing over responsibility of tasks and, and entrusting that people can do it. And, and sometimes you've got to support them in, in failing in order to get the, the sustainable growth, which you guys have been able to do. Given the success that you've had in, in, you know, in, in the few years that you guys have been in business, what are you most excited about looking ahead, um, given the, the, the impact, the, the proof of concept working? You know, when you think of where the business will be in another four to five years, what, what are you most excited about? Yeah, I'm the most excited about the prospect of becoming uh, a new type of a pharmaceutical company. You know, becoming a company that uses machine learning and data analysis to do real progress and real drug discovery. 
So our in-house uh, programming triple negative, you know, the most Im immediate objective of that is to validate our technology uh, to ourselves and to every partner that we communicate with and also investors, right? But who knows, like this can become much bigger and we, may have, we might as well be able to cure a disease by doing what we do. So that's like the, my biggest dream is to get to that point. I, th I think we all want to see that. It would be incredible. Um, so then focusing on the, the, some of the biggest obstacles, hurdles, challenges that you face that, to, that are going to either slow down or prohibit that growth, can you give us some insight into the, the, the next advancements and um, the, the hardest part of getting there? The biggest technological challenge is related to the biggest social challenge of a company, which is to convince people uh, with your science. So one way to do that is to build machine learning solutions that are intuitive and, and try to mitigate what's, you know, what's called the black box effect, black box effect. Um, because what happens is that when you communicate with decision makers that are not into data science or are not particularly excited about machine learning, they are excited about having things that work, right? They, they want to have drugs that actually get done. It doesn't matter exactly how, but your, your, your thing is machine learning. So if you're able to build a solution that is intuitive and that people can understand, at least, you know, in principle, how the thing is working. So I think you have a better chance. If you can, if you can have a machine learning an, an algorithm that sort of like is able to explain what are the main factors that contribute to a predictive model to work, and those can be articulated in human language, right? Not a computer language. So you're in a better, in a better place because then that can start a discussion you know, among uh, decision makers. So it is in the interface of technology and psychology, I think where things are going to happen. And that is, is one challenge, you know, how to make technology more transparent. And I think that, that is true in all industries. You've touched on one of the most important points of why a data science project would, would be successful or fail. It is getting the engagement, trust, belief, and buy-in of all areas of the business, whether that's C-suite executives, front, front office staff. Uh, if everyone can see the value and has a clear understanding of the impact, they're more likely to be on board. And, and I think it's great to hear how you break it down in, in such clarity. Um, final question then, uh, looking at the people that we deal with and, and a lot of aspiring data scientists, data engineers, could you give us some insight into what it's like to be working with data, particularly within healthcare um, and pharmaceuticals, drug discovery, and for anyone listening who maybe doesn't have the, the scientific in industry experience, what are the steps to transition? Because I know uh, myself personally, I find this fascinating. I'm sure there's data scientists and data engineers who don't come from that scientific background who are thinking, God, I'd love to work for a company like this. How do we get there? What, what can they do and what do they, what uh, myths can you dispel? Yes, as I said, uh, multidisciplinary, diverse company, not everybody needs to have a PhD or anything like it. There, is, there are roles for different people with different backgrounds uh, in, in technology. And outside of technology as well. So I think that, um, you know, 
one thing that I can speak to everyone is that in a company like like ours, uh, because of the of the pace and because of the size of the company, uh, teamwork is perhaps has a very important meaning. We really work in teams on the same software, on the same projects, on the same data, and we depend of each on each other. So this this like um, uh, accountability that we have for each other is you know what what kind of like determines somebody can be in this team or not is like can you can you can you like work together understand that they need you and you're needed and you're important so that's that's a big transition and i come from academia so i think about academia and like what collaboration means in academia and i think it's slightly different because obviously as an academic i did a lot of collaborations but Collaboration in academia is a little bit more about data sharing, right? It's like I share my data with you and my results with you. Um, and nothing, it doesn't mean that we are all working the same code, right? The same algorithm or, you know, doing the exact same thing. So that is like the transition of understanding um, teamwork as a collective act uh, of, you know, working on something together that goes beyond data sharing. And in order to do that, in order to get there and feel comfortable about it, one has to always um, prioritize the mission over the idea. It's more important what the problem we're trying to solve than how we solve it, right? So, of course, startup starts with, a, with an idea, but the problem that is cure disease is more important. So we're going to allow ourselves to change, you know, pivot and, and, and be transformed when we have to do it and, you know, throw something out that's not working and never fall in love with one particular idea which is not it's not easy it's not easy because scientists we, we love stuff like technology and, and code like how am i going to throw this out well if you if you get to understand that mission and teamwork is more important it, you're going to be doing good in the industry and be bringing your skill set to that it's going to be awesome that's the perfect way to end Martin, this has been amazing. I, I'm super excited to see what you guys accomplish in the near future. I, I think everyone listening will, will be encouraging you guys to, to do amazing things, as you've already been doing, because of the impact it can have to, to disease and, and cure. Um, thank you very much for talking us through the origins behind Invisigenics and, and what you guys are, are working on. Um, we look forward to seeing what you can accomplish in the future. Thank you, John. Thanks for the opportunity to be in your podcast. AI in Action is brought to you by Aulus International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Aulus offer an exec search program. Aulus can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. For more information, contact mark at aulus.com. Get the Aulus advantage. Become a member of the Aulus community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston, and Frankfurt. We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to all those members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week, we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career, and more. Become an Aldous member and get the Aldous advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldous.com. Com. That's www.aldus.com. Aldus International, empowering through AI.